welcome to this episode of Atari K5200. We'll be talking about Gorf. Awesome. As always, we have the incredible author or blogger, Mr. Mighty Matt D. Hey, everyone. We also have uh, Michael. I put ears on my profile. <laughs> put ears on my profile picture. D'Angelo. Hey, how's it going? Weirdo. And we have <laughs> Rick. The IntelliGuy Riddles. Yes, and I'm the other guy. I'm here, yeah. The other guy. The other guy. And of course, me, Willie. That dumbass. Anyway, we're going to be talking about Gorf. Before we talk about Gorf, though, uh, I recently got a hold of a, a really cool homebrew game on the Atari 5200. I uh, picked up Tetris Blockade. Now, this was originally called Atari Tris, it was put out by Mean Hamster Software sometime in the early 2000s uh, as a single cartridge and also on a compilation cartridge that had like five games on it. And I have never seen Atari Tris before uh, out there on a ROM. I've been looking for the ROM for it. I can't find it. And I was wanting to get this for my Tetris video series I'm doing for the anniversary of Tetris, which is this year. And lo and behold, I see this Atari 5200 Tetris Blockade pop up. And it's being sold by, uh, I think his name is Rick, not you, Rick, the other Rick, <laughs> that's out there, does the Portland Russian Gaming Expo. He's that He's that Rick. And he's putting a bunch of his homebrew cartridges up for sale he's had for a number of years, and this Tetris Blockade was one of them. So I went after it, I picked it up, and it's basically Atari Tris, but the graphics have been changed a little bit. Uh, the Mean Hamster logo is gone. It's got little Atari symbols inside the tetrominoes as they fall. But it's basically the same game as Atari, Tris. It's, it's actually a lot of fun. I really enjoy playing the crazy thing. Uh, what do you guys think of this uh, Tetris Block game? Um, I, I thought it was pretty decent for, for being uh, you know, a homebrew port. I hadn't, no, I hadn't even heard of this. I guess it was on a multi-cart that Mean Hamster Software put out at one point, like yes. way back in like 2005, I think. Yes, Something it was on like a multi-cart, yes. Yeah, I didn't know anything about that, but uh, I'd like to see, see the rest of the things on there. But uh, anyway, uh, I thought it was good, but I did have a, an issue with the controls. It, uh, I mean, you have to use the analog stick, which is going to be tough anyways for Tetris. But I found that if I held the – you have to – press the fire button or up on the stick to rotate the piece. And I found if I like, held the button down or held up on the stick, the piece would just rotate really quickly. I couldn't. I mean, sometimes I just wanted, like, just one 90-degree turn, and that's it. <laughs> so I had, I had a lot of problems with that. But other than that, I liked it. I was very impressed by the music playing throughout the game, too. Like, that was, that's really cool. You don't see a lot of 5200 games that, that have continuous music like that. Oh, yeah, I liked the music that was in the game. How about you, Michael? What did you think of it? Oh, I, th- I, th- I think they did a really good job. Uh, it, I mean, it, it's Tetris. Uh, one small issue I had with it, I, I questioned how the, the randomness of, of, of the, the blocks. <laughs> because I seem to get quite a few of the long blocks in a row. Yeah. And typically yeah. On, on, on Tetris, you don't, that doesn't happen. But other than that, I, I thought it was great. I played it for a while. I tried different levels. I tried, like, level 8, level 7, and it, de- it definitely gets pretty hard. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I agree with Matt. The controls are a little tricky. 
And originally I played it on an emulator, which was much easier because I was using a keyboard. And uh, then I actually went to my 5200 machine, and it was it was a lot tougher with the actual joystick. Uh, I did like the music. It did get a little repetitive and annoying. It would have been nice if they changed it up a little bit, but otherwise, I, I think it, I think it's a great. They did a great job. But you could have turned it off, you know. You could turn it off. You could turn the music off. Yes, you hit one of the oh, keys, okay. turns the music off. I had to do that no, a I couple didn't. times because it was becoming an earworm in my head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How about you, uh, Mr. Rimmel? What did you think of it? Yeah, it. Um, I had the same kind of control issues when using the analog stick uh, that, the, that you guys mentioned. Um, but uh, it, it does fine with a, a digital controller if you plug in the um, ma- uh, Master Play clone, which is what uh, I played some with that. Um, I thought that, uh, like, I, I always started at level zero, figuring I would, yep. it, would ramp, it would ramp in, 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 uh, as a guitar, right? Yeah. Um, it, I think the ramp is too slow. I, yes. I was playing I for agree. quite a while and felt like I kind of want to be done. <laughs> like, right <Yeah>. around the, <laughs> um, it did. It didn't get hard enough that I wanted to. That I was in panic mode of. Oh no! It was. It, it, I was. I was ready to be done before that point. So, I think it does ramp a little slowly. Um, I, I. The fact that the uh, blocks of the tetromnomos are um, are wider than they are tall uh, took a lot of getting used to, and I yes. think I'm still not used to it. <laughs> it's it's hard for me to gauge, particularly how many vertical stacks. I'm looking at like I'd see a gap and I think okay, uh, you know the the L piece that has three down and one you know the L part I should be able to fill that in but nope oh it was one taller than that you know I didn't I couldn't tell you know so uh, that, that happened to me a couple of times um, so and, and, I, and I honestly I think having the Fujitsu logo in there only makes that worse like it was harder for me to tell visually what was going on there with the pieces. Um, but but uh, I totally agree with what I said already that the uh, the music during it through the whole background is really cool, um, and uh, yeah, uh, um, it's 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 a it's a very cool thing that got done. Uh, it probably could use a little bit of tweaking here to make it a make it a much, make it a better game than it is, but um, it's not a bad version. Yeah. One thing that would have been nice if they added how many lines you have to go to the next level. Yes, because it didn't seem point. like it took forever to get to, to level up. Oh, and oh, something else um, you guys mentioned about um, uh, getting lots of straights in a row. I mm-hmm. certainly saw that. And um, just this um, this past month, um, Retro Gaming Roundup uh, did a section on um, Tetris 99 on the Switch. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys did a segment on that. And he described stuff that's done in uh, Tetris tournament play that I didn't know about. But uh, apparently, you know, the in, when people play, they've hacked versions of Tetris to put these rules in place to where you always get the seven shapes out of kind of randomly kind of out of a bag until it moves to another bag and you'll get those seven again. So you can't get, you know, four lines in a row, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is what this, this one. And so you can kind of see in this version, like what happens when you're not following those kind of rules <laughs> and the randomization isn't quite as random as you'd hope. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm like, oh, clearly we're not following those rules here. <laughs> this is like my fifth straight line in a row. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I like it because it's easy and slow, which is right up my alley. <laughs> that is true. That is true. It's a game written for Willie. All right, we found Willie Triss. Willie Triss. <laughs> so, at, so you're doing this series on Tetris. Which one do you like the best so far, other than the arcade? I would probably have to say my Game Boy Tetris. I played Living Daylights out of that. Mm-hmm. I have oh, carried that, I have carried with that around with me since 1989. <laughs> yeah, 
I played the crap out of that too. Yeah, that I, was... used to, I used to carry my original Game Boy with me, and then when the uh, the Game Boy Pocket came out, I started carrying that with my Tetris cart. Then I updated it to a Game Boy SP with the little light lighted screen. <laughs> <laughs> and then for a while, for a while now, I've been carrying around the Game Boy Light from Japan, which freaks people out. And I whip that thing out. I'm like, wait a minute. Mm. I don't remember Game Boy having the Indigo backlight like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's only sold in Japan. <laughs> nice. The oh, little, yeah. t- the tiny arcade is is which which uh, version is that? I'm I've been doing a lot of research on that, and I really mm-hmm. think it was written specifically for that little machine. Okay. Because mm. it's it's not the arcade. It's it's not any Tetris I've ever seen before. I've mm-hmm. been doing. I've been trying to pull up all these different versions. I can't find anything that matches, so I have a feeling it was written specifically for that little machine. Okay. Because I, I just watched your Cubert Tiny Arcade. That looks like the arcade version. Yeah, I think that is the arcade <laughs> version. Okay. Especially with Very all the cool. talking and everything. It does. Mm-hmm. Hello, I'm turned on. Oh, I bet you are. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. <laughs> now, Rick, you mentioned uh, Tetris 99. Have, have you guys tried that at all? Uh, I get my my uh, younger son has been playing it a little bit, and uh, he he will freely admit he's not very good at Tetris, so it, it gets kind of frustrating for him. Okay. Uh, and then I said, well, what, can I have a try? Whatever. And uh, of course, at level one, I think they go easier on you when you've not played. Like I, I don't think there are like automatic things that attack you and stuff like that when you're at a low level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my, you know, my, I've only played it that one time because again, my son owns the Switch. Basically, he carries it with him around the house. But um, so the one time I played it, I think I got into the top twenty, which you know, I don't consider myself very overly good, but I am I'm kind of a cautious player, I guess, more than a daring player. Um, and my son was like, "Wow, Dad, you're really good at the Cedric." No, I'm really not that good, but you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's very cool. Oh, that's awesome. I I don't have a switch. I I have I even tried it. It's it's very addictive. Um it's 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 regular Tetris. You're just playing against ninety eight other people. Yeah, that's, that's a neat cool. idea. Yeah. And, and I also kinda uh, kinda nice that they just give you that as part of the online subscription. It's not a separate game you have to buy or whatever. Right, yeah. right. And I've also been playing around with the uh Tetris VR on the PlayStation Four. Oh yes, yeah. That's that's a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, it is, especially to drink absinthe. Oh boy! Oh my! <laughs> oh, it's like a party for my eyes. <laughs> oh, so since the last time we recorded, what have y'all been doing Atari Fifty Two Hundred wise? We'll start with Matt. Uh, well, I've been playing a lot of Gorf, obviously, and I did. <laughs> I have a. Uh, I've been having issues with my 5200, like not working, like the trackball didn't work for a while, and then like some random games wouldn't work, so I took it all apart, like checked for uh, cold solder joints, put this whole thing on, I couldn't find a single thing wrong with it, put it all back together, and now everything seems to work. <laughs> so, all right. I have no clue what's going on with it, it has a mind of its own, but at the moment it's working, and that makes me happy. Awesome. How about you, Michael? <laughs> uh Oh, the weather here is getting a little nicer, and the kids are getting a lot more active with sports. So, my gaming time hasn't been as having as much time to game as I'd like. But I've been playing a bit of Gorf, uh, the Blockade, and actually went back to a few older ones like Robotron and Space Dungeon, picking oh, yeah. those up again. 
Now, what kind of tournament are you planning on doing at the Atari party in September? I haven't really thought about it yet. I have huh? to. Uh, I have to talk to Bill on uh, what what we want to do. Awesome. How about you, Rick? We've been doing fifteen hundred wise. Uh, honestly, it's just been uh, the Gorf and the uh, and trying the uh, the blockade out a little bit uh, since last month. Um, my my son has been ha- uh, been going gung ho on PlayStation Two, so <laughs> <laughs> that's usually parked in front of the gaming TV down there. Uh, <laughs> so I uh, haven't, haven't been able on it as much recently, but uh, just these couple of games. Awesome. Well, you know what I've been doing, fifteen hundred wise. I've been buying freaking cartridges. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, let's let's talk about Garth, Galactic Orbiting Robotic Force. All right. So, Mr. Matt, tell us about the arcade game. All righty. Well, this is a game released in 1981 by Midway. It's programmed by Jamie Fenton. And uh, it follows your basic, like, space shoot-em-up theme that you saw a lot of at the time. And I think the the best way to describe it is basically five single-screen games kind of crammed into one. So now there's a couple of them that are very much derivative of other games, but there's a few. Uh, the other three, I think, are pretty original. And they break them all down by missions. So your first mission is Astro Battles, and that is it's basically Space Invaders. Uh, the difference between this and Space Invaders is there's just fewer invaders, and your shield is like a single curved line rather than being individual barriers that you can hide behind. And your ship can move in eight directions, not just two. So basically you get the whole, I'd say maybe the bottom quarter of the screen or so, is, is free reign for you to move around, and, and that carries forward through all the missions. Your ship always behaves the same way. So after you clear all the, the first mission, which is called Astro Battles, Second mission is laser attack. This one kind of reminds me of uh, Galaga a little bit. Uh, you have these this pattern of uh, five, two sets of five invaders, and they can shoot these lasers at you. The bottom one will, and they'll swoop down and try to attack you. So you have to pick them all off. It's basically shooting and dodging. Uh, your third mission is straight up called Galaxians, and it is just like the Galaxian arcade game, basically. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a few differences, maybe fewer. Galaxians on the screen or, or something like that, but it's it's kind of surprising to me just that they just straight up copied that. Because that's a Nam Galaxian's an Amco game. <laughs> and it came out two years earlier, so obviously it was no happy accident, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so once you wrap that up you get up to mission four, which is space warp. This is kinda cool. Uh kinda reminded me of Tempest a little bit. Um, you're, you start out with all these enemies appearing from the center of the screen. They sort of start out real small in the middle, and they kind of spiral outwards towards you, firing missiles at you as they go. So uh, it's kind of you kind of try to pick them off before they get to the outer edge of the screen. But I think if you just miss them, they just disappear, and then the next one just comes along. So you can either try to shoot them all down or just try to dodge and survive until they're all gone. So if you make it past Space Warp, you get to the last mission, which is the flagship. And this is pretty cool. Uh, this, you also have a curved shape shield that's in front of you. It just faces the opposite direction of the uh, as it does on the first mission. And it's sort of towards the top of the screen. But this giant uh, boss, it's a pretty much a boss fight, which you didn't see a whole lot of in, in, in 1981. 
and it uh, drops bombs on you, and occasionally in later levels it'll actually have a few of these Scorpion invaders riding on top of it that will jump off of there and dive down and attack you. You have to destroy the ship by hitting its little re- glowing reactor port that's in the center. The neat thing is is that reactor port is protected by, you know, shield the, the rest of the ship, but you can chip away at it. Each time you hit the ship, if you don't hit the reactor core, whatever part you hit will, will disappear. So eventually you'll take enough chunks out of it to expose the core, and then you can blow it up. You manage that, you move up in rank, and the thing starts again. And the ranking system is kind of neat. Like the, the arcade machine had on the bezel, there's um, a series of, of ranks on the side of it that have, like, lights behind them. So they'll light up as you uh, as you as you proceed in rank. So you get to sort of a, a like a military sort of rank. It's just kind of a nice touch. Uh, you miss that with the home version. That's that's basically what it is. Is it is a shooting space type game that just uh, are all single screen games, which you get a lot of variety because there's five different ones. And uh, they did take the Galaxian mission out of all the home versions. So all the home versions only have the four missions. And I don't know if that was because of uh, maybe legal reasons, but none of the home versions have that. I think the uh, the Atari Jaguar has all five. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, for the CD, hmm. it's That's a real cool. expensive game to get, but <laughs> I think it's yeah. all five. But, yeah, no, I kind of like the arcade game Gorf. I first played it at our local Woolworth store. They had it, had one right next to the cash registers. And while my parents were shopping, they gave me like a bunch of quarters and i go play Gorf while they were in there shopping and everything. Uh, my favorite level, I actually got two levels that I like a lot in Gorf. The first one is the Space Warp. Mm-hmm. I like how those streams of light or whatever coming out from the center of the screen, it kind of reminds me of the warp effect from Star Trek. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. And, it, yep. and it's, a, it's actually a fun level to play. And of course, I like the boss battle or the flagship. Yeah. One of the things I used to like to try to do is I would try to destroy as much of the ship I could without hitting the reactor to see how much I can get it down to before I would hit the <laughs> reactor. Yeah, we used to do that too. There'd be like just a chunk of its tail left floating in all by itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I would try to do, like a little square floating back and forth. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the the level up indicators that you were talking about, and what I liked about that is if someone was watching from the side or whatever, they could see how high you're getting from that actual lit, lit, lighted display, which mm-hmm. was actually, well, I thought was kind of cool. So I go, look at this, man. I'm up here to a commander now. Right. <laughs> it seems like now if you find an arcade machine that the lowest ranked light is always burned out because I think it, stays on that most of the time. <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty much on the entire time. And uh, being a little incandescent bulb, they burn out yeah. pretty quick. I've, I've seen people that convert them over to high-brightness LEDs, which uh, works a lot better oh, yeah. for that. Uh, I'm not seeing a Gorf machine in a long time. I think, oh, the, I last, I think the last time I saw one was at, uh, at the arcade up in uh, Chicago, Galloping Ghost. They had one up. They have one up there. Nice. They have one in uh, play one at the Louisville Arcade Expo. Oh, uh, so you're the nerd that's playing. <laughs> I'm the nerd in the picture playing but, the game. Yeah, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, people, if you go to Matt's blog, he's got a picture that says, "Oh, look, some nerd at Louisville Arcade Expo 2019 playing Gorf Arcade." That's Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
they were they were they had one that was in good shape, so I, I got to, to play on that for a while. They have one uh, in New Jersey uh, at the Game Vault. Oh yeah, that is a, that is in really good condition. I play every time I go. I play. I have to play golf. Well, you gotta get a picture of yourself with it. Put on the page. I wonder if I do. I'll have to check because I did take a lot of pictures last time I went. No rabbit ears. I'll check. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I promise. <laughs> So what do you think of the Gorf arcade game, uh, Michael? Oh, I, I I love Gorf, the arcade game. I I don't remember the first time I played it. It was probably around eighty one, eighty two, whenever it was it was released. And I remember you remember the show Silver Spoons? Yes. Oh, this yeah. was one of the four or five arcade games he had. Yep. In that game room, and I always was jealous. I was like, oh, he's got a Gorf machine, a Tempest. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I was jealous of him too. I think every eighties kid was. That, that little train. Oh, man. <laughs> so, no, Gorp is definitely one of my go-tos if, it, if it's at an arcade. And I, I play it from time to time I, on my uh, my main cabinet. And I, I really enjoy the game. It's, uh, you know, it is it is challenging. There's times I, I can't level up at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, it's really challenging for me. <laughs> How about you, Rick? Yeah, Gorf. Uh, I, I had I had hangups as a kid. Let's just say that again. <laughs> oh, here we go. So when I saw when I saw Gorf in, I think I always saw it in an arcade along with all the other ones. And I looked at the screen like, oh, it's it's a combination of other games. And so I would play the other games. I wouldn't play. I wouldn't play <laughs> Gorf. Right? Like I've played Space Invaders. I can go play Galaxians. I don't. You know. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really give much time into Gorf. Uh, certainly knew it. I'm sure I played it when someone asked me to play with them or something like that. But I didn't put a lot of time into Gorf back in you know the 80s. Uh, just saw it as you know, a a mini game collection or something. I guess is kind of how I thought about it and didn't uh, didn't think much of it. I think if I had been in your position, Willie, you know where you know, you're out errands with your mother and you're forced to go someplace and you're like, well, there's this Gorf machine here. I can play that or I can be bored out of my skull. You know, I, I think I would have probably done that and maybe given it a better sh- better shake, you know, and uh, and played it further and, and, get, and gotten more into the nuance of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't have a, uh, a lot of good history with the game. Um, it's just kind of like one of those other games like, oh, yeah, I remember Gorf, but I, I didn't play it a bunch. Have you played it any time recently? I mean, I played the 200 version, obviously, <laughs> for this podcast. Um, but I'll be honest, that that uh, I, I don't pull it up a lot in Mame. Um, it probably should. I probably should uh, should play it more uh, than I have. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you got to play it more. All right. <laughs> well, if you and I you and I ever get together and come across it, uh, you can challenge me on it. Oh, I think there's one at the uh, arcade up there in uh, Columbus. I can't remember the name of the arcade. It's a barcade. I think there's one okay. there. Pretty sure there's one there. Make, make a run after Korg or something. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> We're going to play Korg. See you later. I'll be back. So now the 5200 version. Oh, here we go. Mm. So let's, we'll start with Matt again. Matt, what did you think of the 5200 version? Well, it's uh, it's different. It's different. I, you know, usually I go on and on about how close the 5200 games are to the arcade, and this could have been the same situation, but for whatever reason, they decided to make it so that your controller basically acts like a mouse pointer, oh. and uh, your ship just jitters all over the bottom of the screen, and uh, it just kills it for me, really. But 
I think if it wasn't for that, I would I would enjoy it a heck of a lot more. I mean, it's it's a solid port. Other than that, you know, it's it's got great good sound. Graphics are crisp, easy to see everything. It is missing the the Galaxians level, like I said, but it's not a huge deal. Um, I mean, it's it's well put together. It doesn't have the digitized speech. That was something that was that was cool in the arcade game that they they didn't uh, bother to put in. But I think it. I just had a hard time with the controls, and I think most people do. And you can't even use a trackball or a or a master play adapter; those won't help you. No, really, no. you have to use <laughs> no, the analog stick. Oh, it's pretty funny with the master play. <laughs> yeah, you can either be a left or the right. Yeah, that's about all you got. But yeah, well, it was left, right, middle, and I thought mm. <laughs> I thought the the, uh, the perspective from the aliens it's going to be looking like I have some kind of a. Uh, Transporter technology now. I'm here. I'm there. I'm jumping back right. and forth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I couldn't get couldn't get into it. Yeah, well, it, like you said, it is a really good port of the game, except for the control of the ship. I, I, when I was playing the game, I kept trying to play it like I do on my Atari 800, where you just move the joystick and it would move over to constant speed, and that thing would just whip all over the screen. <laughs> Yeah, and it's real jittery too. Like, mm-hmm. I found okay. if I ran the, the joystick around in a circle a couple times when the game started, that seemed to help it calibrate a little bit. But oh, that's a still, good idea. a lot of I read somewhere that a lot of games are like that. Like the fifty two hundred sort of runs some little check at the beginning of the of a round or something to, to sort of recalibrate the stick, and by doing that, it sort of helps it oh. out because you know everybody's those potentiometers are going to be slightly different on everybody's system, so. Yeah, I think they have to. They have to do something like that. Yeah, you know, I didn't. True. I didn't notice a really jitteriness to, to speak of at all. I wonder if there's um, something to do with you know the pots at different stages of dirtiness or something like that. Yeah, it could be. Most likely, yeah. What did you think of the game, Michael? Oh, well, same sentiment. Um, it, I think it looks great, but the controls just kill it, and. I, I spent about a half hour trying to get the master play to work <laughs> and realizing <laughs> it's just not happening. Yeah. And so the problem really isn't the controllers itself. It's the game. It's yeah. just bad programming on, on, yeah. the, uh, on, the, on the part of the controllers. And I think you have to move very slowly. Mm-hmm. If you push the joystick all the way left, it just whips to the left and whips to the right. So it's I, I honestly had a hard time even getting past the first uh, – Space Invaders wave. And a couple times I would do it. I think I, I finally got around to a score of like 8,000 or so. so um, but really, the, the controllers killed it for me. The other thing is, too, that you have to hold the fire button down for a long shot. Yes. Otherwise, okay. it would it would just, your shot would kill the last shot. Yep. And so you, I, had, you know, I always had to remember to do that. And that took me yeah, a little that's... while to get into it. That's different than the arcade as well. In the arcade, you, you tap the fire button, and the shot will continue until you tap the mm-hmm. fire button again. And this, you have to hold it down for the shot to continue. Exactly. And I've played other ports. I, I was more used to, for Gorf, the Commodore 64 version. Yes. Which yeah. was a pretty good port. I mean, none of them, again, none of them had the Galaxian level. But that was understandable if there was, you know, if there was, if there was legal issues with that. But that's not really what killed this game. It was really the controls for me. Well, how about you, Rick? Same thing. Yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. 
Yeah, the um, yeah their their decision to use analog control on this, which is is, I mean, I can't get in the mind of the programmer, but it's an odd choice given that the arcade game was digital. You know, like why do that? Um, so yeah, it's it's you have to just you know if you if you if you're it, your, the position of the stick within its arc is your position on the screen. So you have to just really carefully move around. And I found my hand cramping a little bit trying to, you know, I'm, I'm keeping my hand in this, like, gripping with just two fingers because the joystick is kind of small. Um, and so I'm, I'm, in this, I'm in this position of uh, trying to keep them in a, you know, accurate spot as I'm moving it around and stuff like that. And so if you play for a very long time and all my hand starts hurt, hurting from it. Um, and I didn't like the hold the fire thing as well. That that, um, that and that seemed to be um, I, I, that paper seemed to change in the different levels. Like it's very prominent in the first level that it matters because it because it, it makes the shield disappear while the shot is going upward. But then I think in other levels I could fire and like go and it would it would um, the fireball you know would would go all the way to the top of the screen. Um, so I don't know. I, at least maybe I, maybe I wasn't uh, sensing that properly or something. But that was weird. Um, yeah, the so yeah. In, in terms of, uh, I thought we, I thought we were going to talk more about the game per play per se. Because, but what my my issues with the gameplay might be the same as the game in the arcade. Um, uh, so I don't know about that. Um, I I noticed that. Um, let's see. Oh, oh, one one time in the Armada screen, the very first one, it has that like bug shaped alien or, or yeah, ship that 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 is a, deploying all the attacking ships. Yeah, I shot him. Uh, in one of them, yeah. and that doesn't stop. Unfortunately, they still keep coming out. There. Yeah, <laughs> they come right out yeah. anyway. It's his they ghost, come out of nothing. Man. It's his ghost. I was like, I was like, oh man, I I could have only had to defeat half of them. Uh, but no, it doesn't work that way. Um, and I, I do like that the other mothership will like stop in the middle. Yes. Like, <laughs> here, take a shot. And yeah. he goes on. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Um, uh, with the the second wave with the the lasers. That game that gets so much easier if you just knock out the two laser guys because nobody else fires after that, right? They mm-hmm, just right. kind of so it's it's not uh, that once I realized what was going on there. If you can get those laser shots from showing up, then you can have a lot more freedom of movement around to dodge the guys and, and attack them and do whatever you're going to do. But those laser beams they're long and they stay on the screen a long time. You can again because the controls you can accidentally ram into the side of one of those <laughs> as you're yep. dodging something. Uh, so that's a, that's a real pain. Um, and, and the, and the third wave with the spiraling out of the center, I, I can't, I can't hit anything. I, I just, I just, I, I, with that, I just, I just resigned myself to, I'm just going to hide in the corners. If you just stay in the two lower right, lower, lower right and lower left corners, they won't hit you. Uh, they may fire at you, so you got to dodge, but the ship will never hit, go through there. So you can just kind of, I would hide in the corners and just fire at them every now and then. Yeah, I might hit one out of three, you know, something like that. <laughs> that was good enough for me. On that level, the, uh, space warp. Uh, on the 5200, like you, like you, I can't hit anything. I try to do like I do on the arcade, where I go up towards the center of the screen and do a rapid fire right off to the side of the dot that's going to appear, move next. I can't do that little trick on the 5200 version like you can on the arcade. On the arcade, I can get them destroyed before they yeah. even come out of the hole. Yeah, I noticed that too. I, I real difficult, to, and I think that might be another case of holding the fire button. So you can't get like a rapid fire going to to try to get those guys. Um, and uh, the, and the other note I had about the fourth wave with the mothership thing, uh, I really like the visual of the pieces flying off of the ship. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was really kind of cool. Um, and then when the the little uh, the little kind of companion 
guys come along with him. It looks like they're like piggybacking or something. They're just like riding on top. <laughs> they just kind of, <laughs> I, I kind of expected them to be like in formation. You know, they're flanking it on either side, but now they're just kind of sitting on top there and <laughs> come down after yeah. you. So yeah, I, I had a, I had a good I had a good time with it, but boy, the uh, the controls do kill it. It's like you have to spend a lot of time getting used to finessing that analog stick uh, to make this game playable. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, graphically and sound-wise, it's it's pretty it's pretty nice. You know, it's, it's not too bad. I don't think it's just the controls is what ruins the game. Mm-hmm. I keep hoping some homebrew program actor on the fifteen hundred will grab this and change it to make it you know like a like like arcade version. Maybe add that Galaxians level in there and change the operation of the ship. And if you do that, this thing would be an awesome port. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, agree. I think it did something like what Atari did with their Galaxian release, where the analog stick, moving it a little bit makes the ship move slowly, and moving it all the way to the side makes the ship move a little quicker. Yeah. But that sort of thing would have been great. Yeah. Would have, that would have worked wonderfully well. Yeah, the, what, what we have here basically is the stick is acting like a paddle. Mm-hmm. Right, it's just, yep. just moving instantaneously around, and 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 honestly, I've never been very good at paddle games. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you got a stick that's a little bit dirty, it's going to jitter. You won't be able to do those fine shots to get lined up. You'll jump too quick. Mm-hmm. And in my case, run into the freaking laser beams. <laughs> yeah, that's where I died most of the time. Was yeah, a laser too. attack. Yeah, me too. Now, what? Okay, let's talk about scores here. Uh, I'm going to start first this time because I know I'm on the low low band of the totem pole. Six thousand seven hundred eighty. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How about you, Rick? I got thirteen thousand eight hundred and ten. Michael, I think I had somewhere around eight thousand. Unfortunately, I didn't write down the score, but I know I know I didn't crack ten thousand. And my uh, I mean, it's 22,000. Wow. There you go. I swear he's a rain man of the 5200, man. <laughs> Back on top. <laughs> Back on top. A game I didn't even like. <laughs> That's what makes it worse. Uh, now, I guess uh, there was supposed to have a sequel to this game in the arcade called Miss Gorf. Yeah, I saw that. That never, yeah. that never got released. I've seen some screenshots. It looks like a pretty interesting game. Uh, it'd be cool if, if they were able to get this game off those 8-inch discs. Yeah, I was looking around at that, and I said the last thing I could find anything about it was 2005. The programmer saying she had her, her floppy disks, the 8-inch ones, like you said. But I don't know. that She said they weren't made on a, any type of computer system that's still around. So. <sighs> I don't know how they would get that information off of there. I'm sure somebody somewhere has. With all these people that collect all this retro technology, surely to God, there's somebody somewhere has a computer that could mm-hmm. read those disks and get that wonder, source code off of there. I wonder what kind of computer it was. I, I forget. Uh, it's um, it, it's something I've never heard of. Well, it, it kind of really depends on more on the operating uh, the operating system that used to write the disks, right? Like, like there were a lot of CPM machines, and I bet you a bunch of those haven't been seen in 50 years. Uh, but if it was written in CPM, you know, another CPM machine could read it. It, you know, it just really depends on, on what we're talking about there for the, 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 the operating system format on that floppy. Oh. Cool. All right. So what game do you guys want to talk about? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. minute. We've got to give this game a rating. I forgot. 
Oh. Get, get ahead of myself here. Okay. Let's give the game a ready. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being <laughs> and 10 being... <laughs> <laughs> what, That's what, a scale. what what do you give it, uh, Matt? Um, I'd probably give it about a five. Like, I think it's right in the middle. Middle of the road. Uh, middle of the road, because it, it's not a bad game except for the controls. Like, the controls do kill it, but the rest of it is pretty well programmed, pretty that, accurate. That's pretty much like a excited, uh. Yeah. Like, oh, this could have been really good, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> So, what about you, Michael? What kind of rating do you give it? Uh, I'd give it a four. Well, ooh, that's the bean burrito rating there. And what about you, Mr. Rick? Yeah, I was thinking four, too. I mean, it, it looks ooh. nice. There's a lot of good about it, but i got to put it in the lower half. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be right. It's rated real low for me. The only level I like in this game is the mothership. That's it. If I get mm. to the mothership, you know, to play it, which normally I don't. Uh, I give it like a like a two. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't. Uh. I don't care for this port of this game at all. <laughs> Which is a shame because it has a lot of potential. Yeah. It's so that, too bad. So that average out. So we got a, we had a five, two fours, and a two. So that's like three and a half. Yeah, somewhere in there. Give it a four. So it ranks a four on the scale. So it's just below half, forty percent. Which is kind of interesting because you look at the ratings over Atari 8, a lot of people rated it like at 50%. So okay. we're, we're really close to what other people think about the game, which is kind of cool. Okay, now we can talk about what game we're going to cover next. So, I'm thinking about, like, uh, what's the word? Uh, change it up a little bit. Let's, let's cover a regular game cartridge. This time, I know it's not going to be in a, in an arcade port, but let's change up a little bit here. Give us a break from the arcades a little bit. Uh, what non-arcade port game would you like to talk about on a 5200? Discuss. I think hmm. we mentioned a while back either Hero or Montezuma's Revenge. Matt, I was second to vote for Hero because I actually just picked up a copy of that. So, Rick. Uh, I had to pick Montezuma's Revenge. <laughs> You're the tiebreaker, Willie. <laughs> uh, well, let's go with Montezuma's Revenge. Woohoo! Alrighty. Yeah, we'll do All right. that one. Yeah, they're both good games, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Montezuma's Revenge was poured all over the place as well. I have never played it, so this will be kind of <gasps> cool for me to Wow. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, you're in for a treat. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Could yeah. this be Advantage, Willie? Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Awesome. I'm so happy now. <laughs> so until next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. And Take care. I'm I'm adjusting something on my PC. Just a second. Okay. My Mac, as it were. <clears throat> it's not a PC. Mac attack. That's a fact.
Rick's got a Mac attack. Shutting down Ubuntu. Shutting down. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want any issues with uh, CPU starvation or something. So just give me a second. Greetings, Professor Rick. Would you like to play a game? My second computer talking to me. <clears throat> oh, computer. Oh yeah, computer. Oh, computer. computer. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Uh, by the way, did you watch that next episode yet, Willie? Not yet, no. For ninety-nine, yeah, I watched it once. It's uh, it'll be interesting to talk about, for sure. <laughs> Which one was it again? It was um, um, Voyager's Return. Voyager's Return. That's right. Yeah, some uh, some. Feeder. Yeah, right. It's not Vidra, unfortunately. <laughs> There's all kinds of crap we can talk about with that. Uh, yeah, I need to wa- I need to watch that. 